1: What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Tuesday, July the 30th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the Dolphins are back at it after a day off, and... It's another struggle on the practice field, but we've got some clarity at the quarterback position, a bunch of reshuffling on the offensive line, a very interesting position change for a rookie defensive back, and more playing time for a handful of other rookies. All of that and a whole lot more, trust me, much more, but before any of that I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast leave us a rating leave us a review give me a follow on Twitter the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter as voted by Dolphins Twitter and your home for all training camp updates through the rest of this week it's at Wingfield NFL the show is at Locked On Fins, and check out LockedOnDolphins.com we have day five as well as the other four days up on LockedOnDolphins.com for the training camp reports and last but not least the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, make sure you listen to the new Locked On NFL podcast with expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique nuanced take on the National Football League and the game we all love. We've got a lot to get to on this training camp edition. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami dog. Support for today's Locked on Dolphins podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com when using promo code LOCKEDON. And we start today's podcast with what was a busy, busy media room at the Dolphins training facility at Nova Southeastern University. Jeff Darlington of VSPN was there. He was there to get a story on the quarterback competition. And the questions began around the offensive line where Brian Flores admitted that part of the reason he went with the move to, to promote Dave to and fire Pat Flaherty was a gut instinct. Better to do it now and get the correct decision made than wait and let things fester. He took care of that right away. He thought that Guglielmo gave the team a better chance to execute their vision of tough, smart, disciplined offensive linemen. But then the question from Darlington himself veered the press conference towards the most interesting quote of the day and led to a busy post-practice interview with the two quarterbacks, Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. On the quarterback competition, Flores said, quote, It's clear that Fitzpatrick is leading the way. He's done that in a lot of ways from leadership to production on the field to meeting rooms and walkthroughs. It's an ongoing competition, but right now he is leading the way. And so that's been the case pretty much throughout the entire offseason. We've known that Ryan Fitzpatrick was QB1, But Flores hasn't said that until this press conference, and so now it's out there, and the minute I left the press conference room, I walk over to the media tent, and I see the practice field as guys are starting to get loose about 25, 20 minutes before practice actually starts, and wouldn't you know it, first guy on the field once again is Ryan Fitzpatrick working on some pre-practice drills, and Josh Rosen was the last quarterback to enter the field. And real quick, before we continue on with the quarterback discussion, as well as some curious quotes from Josh Rosen after practice, I have two notes for you guys. Kiko Alonso did not practice on Tuesday. It sounds like he'll be out for a couple of days. And Kalen Balaj the running back that has kind of taken camp by storm, got nicked up and left practice. He did not return. Kenyon Drake went down in practice but returned to practice. So the running back position getting a little bit dinged up today and the linebacker position opening some holes, or some opportunities, I should say, for some rookies we'll come back to that but first I want to get back into this quarterback battle and I'm getting some flack on Twitter for being too critical of Josh Rosen but the thing is if you were down here and you saw Josh Rosen practicing you would say the exact same things because the entire media platform the entirety of everybody in attendance at Dolphins training camp can see that Josh Rosen is not spinning it right now at all he's playing awful he's If you took the number three off his jersey and you gave him number two and he came back tomorrow, you'd say, why the hell is Matt Hawk playing quarterback? And that looks about right because he's missing throws all over the place on air. And it's the work in the team portions that's even more concerning because that's where you process things. That's where the live bullets give you an idea of how well accustomed a quarterback is to seeing things unfold post-snap. And Josh Rosen's not getting that either. There was a 7-on-7 drill, and Fitzpatrick was guilty of this as well, but Rosen especially, where he basically just gave up on any downfield passing concepts and would take the checkdowns to the running backs because in 7-on-7, those are always going to be open because those guys don't have to worry about blitzes in 7-on-7 so they can leak out into the flat and get into their pass routes early. So Rosen not seeing it, not anticipating, not throwing accurate passes, and somebody asked him post-practice today, about the things that he has done well, and his response was this. Uh,
2: I think. uh a good question. Uh, I think I picked up on this uh, um, ID in the middle linebacker, and, and I've never had to make my calls before. Um, and I think I'm starting to turn that a little bit second nature, especially in the protection world. So I'm starting to be able to um, think a little less and, and play a little more.
1: I think it's weird that he's talking about not picking up the Mike linebacker because that's kind of your key. And any offense, anytime you watch a football game on television, you're going to hear the quarterback barking out, 52's the mic. How How has he never done that before? I don't understand that. But he continued to refer to going back to OTAs, like drinking water from a fire hose. Clearly, he's got a lot on his plate. Clearly, this offense is difficult for a young quarterback to pick up. And Rosen admitted that. In this offense, they put a lot of control and a lot of power in the quarterback's hands and that allows them to really make the most of the offense, but it just hasn't quite happened for him yet and he struggled throughout the course of camp so far. Right now, we got to worry about getting this guy playing decent, not worrying about is he the franchise quarterback? Can he start day one? Right now, I'm just worried about Josh Rosen making himself look competent for a practice or two practices in a row because right now, it just hasn't happened. And the ball was on the ground a lot again with the actual starting quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had one of those John Beck type of plays where the ball came out when he put it up to throw. That wasn't good. He was putting balls off target as well. The receivers were dropping passes. It was just another ugly day of practice, and I think that Brian Flores once again has an opportunity to drill into these guys' heads that this type of performance is just not going to be necessary, and we know this season could be a struggle. I think that a lot of us have accepted that, even if... In the moment, we don't accept it, but this season could be difficult. And at the end of practice, Flores had every single man on the 90-man roster lined up on the goal line running gassers. And not just running gassers and running through the finish line, they ran down about 20 yards, I think it was, stopped and turned around and came back. So they were drilling in that South Florida sunshine and heat at the end of practice once again. Disciplinary action for having yet again another really bad practice on Tuesday. Okay, we're going to come back on the other side and talk about the offensive line shakeup. I'm going to talk to you about some of the rookies that have made an impact on camp so far, including one rookie making a position change that I think is very telling about what this team wants to do. We're going to talk some more schemes and concepts and get some sound bites from that rookie, from Andrew Van Ginkle. Plenty more to come here on the Locked on Dolphins podcast, which also is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text Five Star, that's F I V E S T A R, to 87000, that's 87,000, right now to learn more. Five Star to 87,000. Choosing to start your business with Five Star Painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at the business. With 5 Star Painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have the access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals. And you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a 5 Star Painting owner, you'll be a part of the great Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glassdoor, and Mr. Reuter. And if there's one thing I can tell you guys about running your own business, it's the best thing in the world. I write my own hours. I get to do what I want to do every single day here on the podcast and the website, and you have an opportunity to do that as well with 5 Star Painting Part of the neighborly family of companies. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, text 5STAR to eight seven zero 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 to learn more about how 5 Star Painting Franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than going it alone. Again, text F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R to 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area. And we thank 5 Star for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. at the facility in Davie, Florida might have caught the quarterbacks pant- with their pants down rather but the offensive line was in for a major shakeup as the news came down on Monday afternoon that Pat Flaherty was going to be fired and being promoted in his place was former Dolphins offensive line coach Dave DeGugliamo, or googe as they call him and communication was the buzzword of the day Brian Flores harped on the fact they want tough, smart, disciplined players that can communicate the offense to each other and that was apparently apparently Apparently, an issue with Pat Flaherty over the last six months, a problem that persisted through the spring camp. They brought him back for training camp, hoping that he could help get it corrected. He did not, and now the room belongs to DeGugliamo, and he made a bunch of changes on the offensive line. Lineups Up first, the first team offensive line to start practice, Tunzel, Michael Dieter, Daniel Kilgore, Will Holden, the signing from the Arizona Cardinals from a couple of weeks ago, and Jesse Davis, wouldn't you know it, slides right back to right tackle. If you guys want to see an update on Jesse Davis at right tackle, I've got a film write up up on LockedOnDolphins.com. Just Google Jesse Davis right tackle and you should be able to find that. And then Shaq Calhoun, the undrafted free agent from Mississippi State, got some reps at the first team at right guard for Will Holden as well. And that first team stayed pretty consistent throughout the day of practice with Michael Dieter continuing to work tirelessly on his pulling efforts from the left guard spot. So they obviously want to run the football behind guys like Michael Dieter. The second team offensive line went Zach Stirrup. Kyle Fuller was a new addition. Chris Reed at center. At right guard was Shaq Calhoun with Will Holden swapping in there as well. And Jordan Mills got demoted to the second team. And then at the end of practice, they did a walkthrough install, which was the offensive line of my of my desire throughout the entire offseason. Tunzel, Dieter, Kilgore, Reed, and Davis. That was the best look. The day as a whole was a difficult one in the team drills as they struggled once more, but I had a chance to watch some of the individual drills, which was kind of funny because they jammed them over into the corner of the practice facility, so it was difficult for us to see, but I busted out the binoculars and saw a variety of things with a lot of intensity and urgency. They worked on scoop blocks, reach blocks, and a lot of tandem zone work, working on getting the footwork right in that regard. Let's go ahead and change things over here to the defensive backs. And I've been teasing this all day long, but I had a chance to talk to an undrafted free agent cornerback, and that is Northwestern's Montre Hardage. And the reason I'm talking about it is because I've been asking all week long, who the hell is going to step in for Bobby McCain if he has to miss a game or extended period of time from an injury And the answer so far today was Montre Hardage, who got some work at single high safety with the second team. I saw Montre coming off the field. He was carrying a bunch of pads and helmets, so I didn't hold him for long, but I want to play the audio of that interview. Doing some single high stuff with the safeties. Is that
2: that new to your skill set? Oh, yeah, definitely new. Um, Just an opportunity to go out there. uh, Go out there and play in the post and play fast. Yeah. Uh, So just, yeah, I'm out there making calls and just running around.
1: Feel pretty comfortable with
2: it? Felt, yeah, I felt pretty comfortable. Got some good work at it. I'm uh, just trying to continue right now.
1: Yeah, plenty of reps all over the place, obviously outside corners and special teams too. Has that kind of been the, the theme of the, the defensive back room? is kind of the more you can do? Absolutely,
2: uh, versatility, um, that's the biggest thing. So the more you can do, the more value you bring to the just overall team. So whatever you know the coaches want or you know ask for me to do, I'm here. I'm here for it.
1: Some of the veterans been helping you out with some of the new stuff. Like Bobby is obviously running the, the first team uh, single high safety looks, Absolutely. and you're the next one to come in. So is he kind of coaching you up in that regard?
2: Absolutely, man. Bobby's been a great guy. Uh, every day we come in and just you know talk about different keys, different schemes, different personnel groups that we may see, and our different you know different calls for different communication personnel groups. Uh, so he's been great. He's in my right wing right now, so. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to just to continue
1: to build a relationship with him. So that's where he was at. They are talking about defending the post, which I thought was interesting. A lot of middle-of-the-field responsibility. And also making calls is a big deal. Obviously, you go to Northwestern, you're probably a pretty smart kid. But it sounds like they're putting a lot on Montre Hardage's plate. And the fact that he really compliments Bobby McCain in terms of the way he helps the rookie prepare, I think, is good news going forward. So Montre Hardage keep a name on that guy. Again, Minka Fitzpatrick and Xavier Howard. Let's just leave it at this. We're, we're crunched for time. Those guys are good every day. We'll leave that alone. TJ McDonald is really getting comfortable in this new defense, I think. He knocked Nick O'Leary down to the ground a couple of times. He had a great rep in the one-on-one coverage drills against running backs where he sniffed out Caitlin Bellage with a good-looking rep that basically froze the running back in his tracks. He also got a lot of run on special teams as the assignment caller, the captain of that kick return unit, with a plenty of starters on the field as well. A very Patriots-like influence, McDonald, McMillan, Baker, McCain, Aguavon, Preston Williams, Chandler Cox, Cornell Armstrong, and Terrell Hanks all got a lot of run on that special teams group. Eric Rowe, to me, looks very comfortable playing in that up-on-the-line-of-scrimmage look where he bails out at the last minute, kind of funnels everything back inside, and shows a penchant for breaking quickly on in-breaking routes. A lot of the UDFAs and younger guys had another tough day. We can go over their names later. They're up on the website on LockedOnDolphins.com. I think Tyler Patman is, again, asserting himself as one of the insurance policies as a backup cornerback. On the other side of the ball, the receivers had major drop issues all day long. Kenny Stills even had one that got batted up into the air and picked off by Xavier Howard. I thought Isaiah Ford put together another nice day. He and Kenny Stills worked after practice with Ryan Fitzpatrick on some more end zone passing drills. Those two guys looked probably the sharpest of the entire group. Preston Williams continues to pull everything down that's up in the air, especially down around the red zone and end zone. I think Devontae Parker continues to look pretty good. Jakeem Grant Wins off the line of scrimmage more than anybody else. But he's really been plagued by some drops lately. He's got to get that corrected. Albert Wilson was not a full participant once again. He's slowly working his way back from that hip injury. And I want to make a mention of Reese Horn, who was getting plenty of work down the field today and made some big plays. And Bryce Butler with Isaiah Ford saw some extended time on the second team on Tuesday's practice. Let's flip it over to the linebacker position and talk about some guys that are really shining right now. The first one is Jerome Baker, who's doing everything within the context of the linebacker position to make himself a household name he's defending the edge and chasing the edge down in the running game he's playing well in coverage he's blitzing up the interior I think I've seen him get through on a blitz three times in the last three practices he looks great in that way but his best play came when he covered the flat and depleted Chandler Cox on a flat route or a flare route rather and knocked the rookie out on that play Sam Aguavon had a slow day. Raekwon McMillan continues to get the same work as a downhill flowing linebacker. I think he's extremely effective working through the trash and making run stops. We saw that once again today. We talked about Kiko Alonso not practicing. He might want to be careful because two young guys are getting more and more work. And the first one is a guy who I had a chance to catch up with after practice. Dolphins rookie linebacker from Wisconsin, Andrew Van Ginkle, who had this to say. Is is it encouraging when the the defensive call seems like it's more about situational base in terms of the packages rather than just like a first team and a second team? Is that kind of encouraging you to have multiple opportunities to get onto the field? Yeah, for sure.
2: You know, that's huge. Um, You know, because it also puts us in a position to succeed and uh, go out there and make plays. So, you know, I love it and Coach does a good job of prepping and putting us in the right spot. So,
1: It's just our job to go get the job done. So Van Ginkle having a successful camp, getting some run with the first team, as well as undrafted rookie from New Mexico, Terrell Hanks, the Miami native who has been all over the field, inside and outside, edge rusher, interior linebacker, as well as plenty of work on special teams. He's been a boon so far in camp. On the defensive line, Dwayne Hendricks and Jonathan Ledbetter got some first team reps and they have been earning it all throughout the week of practice so far. They looked good. Dwayne Hendricks had another sack. This one on Jared Jones-Smith, the AAF product. Charles Harris flipped sides today. Didn't have much of a big day or a bad day. He had some success against the running game. Tank Carradine's getting first-team run, and he's earned it. He's playing very well right now. Hopefully, he's healthy and ready to go, coming back off of multiple injuries in his career. Akeem Spence and Adolphus Washington, more good days from those guys. Godshaw, Taylor, and Wilkins, not many individual notes, but every time those guys are in, the interior defensive line is stout against the run, so that bears well for the Dolphins going forward, and we've got two more position groups I want to talk about, the tight ends and the running backs, as well as some ideas about the Dolphins schematics, we'll get to that next on the Locked on Dolphins podcast, you can find me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL and the show at Locked on Fins. as we have two more position groups to get to then I want to tell you guys about some cool stuff I saw on the practice field on Tuesday as the Dolphins continue to implement these new schemes, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, and these coaches are just getting after these guys and all of these drills. And one of the themes of practice that has been kind of neat is that they go through these team periods and they are short. And those scrimmage periods are what guys want to be doing. Go back to when you were a kid, whether it was basketball or football, whatever the sport was, we always wanted to scrimmage, right? That was the most fun part of practice. When they don't have success in those scrimmage periods or those live team periods, They're going to go back to individual drills and rep it out and get these guys coached up. And they did that again on Tuesday. That's going to be the theme going forward. At the tight end position, some interesting shakeups on that first team. Durham Smythe came out and they ran 11 personnel and Durham Smythe was the tight end in that package. They came back with a second team who was in 12 personnel with Bryce Butler and Isaiah Ford as the receivers in that grouping. And the tight ends were Nick O'Leary and Mike Gasicki. So I think that right now there might be some separation in terms of the package grouping and 11 personnel tight end could be Durham Smythe who continues to get a lot of good stuff done in the running game you run the ball from 11 personnel and you can have more success that way because you're going to get a nickel cornerback that has to go up against a guy like Durham Smythe and that's an advantage you can take care of in the running game and the same is true of 12 personnel that's more of a run type of base defense you have to defend with a 4-3 or a 3-4 you take your nickel off the field and all of a sudden you get Mike Kosicki on the linebacker so it's all about matchups we've known that for a long time that was Tight ends group. I think that all these guys did well blocking today. Receiving was another story, but the story of camp has been the run game and blocking, and they did well in that regard, even Mike Kosicki. And the last position group is the running backs. Kalen Balaj exited practice with an injury, not sure what it was. It looked okay. But they do not want us to speculate on that for obvious reasons, so we won't go any further into detail. Kenyon Drake stepped up and filled the first team role the rest of practice. Mark Walton stepped into his job for the second team running back position to give you an idea of who the running back pecking order looks like right now, or what it looks like right now over Miles Gaskin. I thought Kenyon Drake had a tough day. He got dinged up in one of the individual drills and sat off to the side for a few minutes, and then he slowly walked his way back into his position group, got himself back into the the kick return unit and after a kick return he walked to the next drill and I haven't seen that from anybody at practice walking from drill to drill that has not been acceptable so far but he got away with it so I'm not sure what that means but it was still weird to see so running back right now I'm not too sure how it's looking they might need more depth behind Belage and Drake because one of those guys goes down you get thin pretty quick all things told, it was a light practice. There wasn't really much by way of the team periods. They were pretty much doing mostly individual, fundamental types of drills. The offense drilled the hell out of the screen game. And one of the things I liked about it, we talked about it on the podcast the other day, they like to push up field, the receivers do, and come back to make the catch at the line of scrimmage. Well, the running game was the same thing with these very New England-like screen passes, which should be obvious with Chad O'Shea in charge, where the running back basically goes at the linebacker or the blitzer his pass protection assignment and fakes the block and then leaks out to the side and shows his numbers to the quarterback and gets the quick screen pass so that once the defensive line has gone by everybody the running back has only linebackers and defensive backs to worry about to move past for a big gain down the field they ran plenty of condensed packages which is kind of the area that the nfl is going towards they're going to bring everybody in tight inside the numbers and create space that way And on the defensive side of the ball, the last note here is that Minka Fitzpatrick is playing everywhere in the formation, down around the line of scrimmage, at linebacker, at nickel, at safety, at outside corner. He's getting so much work as a run defender with gap responsibility. And they have him off the edge in some situations where Jerome Baker's off the edge in these three-man fronts with Big Vince Christian Wilkins, and Devon Godshaw. So I think that everything we talked about so far this offseason really is kind of coming to fruition, which I guess is just a testament to the film study we do on LockedOnDolphins.com, whether it's myself or Kevin Dern, getting all that information for you guys. It looks like we pretty much have that nailed and pegged down to a T at this point. The last thing I wanna talk about is the great comment from a Dolphins beat writer at the end of practice. I came down to the media section and I was the last one there because I was going to the bathroom. And this writer said, Travis, I love your Twitter timeline or the fact that you're here because. All I have to do is watch your Twitter timeline to get these practice updates because let's be honest, I'm the most active tweeter and I do apologize again for the grammar issues. That's just going to be a thing we're going to have to deal with because it's either I correct the grammar and give you less football or just put it out there and see what it goes with and use the first draft and get you as much possible football as I can so we'll do that again tomorrow all the way through the scrimmage on Saturday we're going to have some pieces up on LockedOnDolphins.com all five journal reports are up there live right now but as for today's podcast I think that's a good time to sign off if you guys have not done so, go to LockedOnDolphins.com and check out the write-up on Sam Aguavon, the CFL linebacker, as well as the piece on Dave DeGugliamo, the new offensive line coach. We have plenty of details for you on those guys, as well as all the daily journals up on LockedOnDolphins.com. We're going to come back tomorrow, but first, all of you, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. The show is at LockedOnFins. Keep up to date on that Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up.